You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum listeners and welcome back to Radio Ramadan with a shortened edition of Ask the Sheikh. I'm your host Azhar Sheikh and we were actually going to be covering the topic of education in Islam. And to- covering with us today is uh, one of our sheikhs from Glasgow, it's Sheikh Amr Jamil. Assalamu alaikum Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum. How are you? Not bad, Alhamdulillah. Thank you for joining us. Um, just wanted to cover just a short wee while of it. Um, basically, just if you can cover, what would you um, say the importance of education is in Islam? Okay, so I mean, Alhamdulillah, Salatu wa Salam wa There's just two probably aspects of this. One is knowledge, and one is probably what's called tarbiyah. Something's uh, education. Um, we when we say education, we mean we mean both education and our would be ta'aleem basically linked to knowledge. Knowledge basically um, is, the, is the foundation of our religion. Um, if you think of what is our purpose in life, our purpose in life is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Allah says that he didn't create man or jinn except to worship him. So then how, how do you worship him? The only way you can worship him is by knowing what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Now how are you going to know what you should and shouldn't do? Well that's where you need knowledge. So this is where um, the Prophet ﷺ used to emphasize a lot uh, on knowledge. So there's hadith like whoever takes a path towards uh, knowledge or seeking knowledge, Allah makes the road to paradise easy. Um, there's other hadith about if you um, pass by the gardens of paradise, then you should basically benefit from them. The Sahaba asked, what are these gardens of paradise? And the Prophet ﷺ said in one narration, Shilukul Dikr, the the gatherings of Dikr, and another one, Shilukul Ilm, um, circles of of knowledge. So, um, I mean, this, I can I can go on and on and on with like lots and lots of different hadiths. Mm-hmm. One hadith about angels covering their wings for the seeker of knowledge, and even uh, things in uh, the, the the sea, like the fish, um, mm-hmm. in the in the heavens and the earth, they make um, forgiveness for the person seeking knowledge. So. Knowledge is, um, is considered to be one of the most noblest things that, that a person can achieve, which is why so much of our heritage is linked to knowledge, and um, everyone was expected to have some level of knowledge. So it's not just the scholar or the half of the Qur'an that's supposed to know um, what they should and shouldn't do. Every single Muslim at some level has to have a basic amount of knowledge. So they say there's knowledge, which is which is like farda'ayn. Farda'ayn means it's an individual obligation. So what are those kind of things, such as knowing how to pray, knowing how to fast in the month of Ramadan, how to fast, um, knowing how to give zakat, all of these things. These are the basics that every single person, whether they're a, a scholar, whether they're a lay person, everyone has to know. And if you if you don't have knowledge, then what happens is you end up doing things the wrong way, even though your intention is correct. Um, so I'm somebody that's constantly con- correcting people. Mm-hmm. People are constantly asking me questions. Uh, I did this. Was this okay? I did this. Was that okay? And it becomes very apparent that basic knowledge is missing in the community. Okay, Jazaka, thank you for that kind of extensive um, introduction to the topic. Um, would you give any kind of recommendations as to what kind of age or what kind of um, stage of people's lives they should start kind of um, teaching them about Islam or kind of gaining knowledge of the Quran, reading their prayers? So, I mean, uh, the, the the formative years, the early years concentration should be on like um, just like you know for example like kids getting them to read the Quran getting 
getting them to learn the basics of the, the wudu, the basics of salah. So it's kind of basic stuff which doesn't require a lot of mental, intellectual capacity, but it's more to do with just stuff you need to know. So your memorization, all that stuff is done in the early years. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, as your intellect becomes a bit more formulated, so around about 11, 12, that's when you start explaining concepts such as Akira, like, you know, what do we believe, what don't we believe, uh, especially in the time we're living in now. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that kids are going to now uh, come across when they're at school. And then the, the, the normal question is going to be, well, what does your faith say about it? Or they'll think, well, what does my faith say about it? So they have to have um, a good spectrum, a wide spectrum of knowledge, not just Islamic knowledge, secular knowledge, but also mm-hmm. Islamic knowledge, which then can make sense to them in the day and age that they're living in. Making it more kind of relevant day to day. It has to be because... Um, uh, the challenges that they're, they're up against, the things that they're exposed to, and just the internet throws a, a million questions at you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the answers, then uh, basically people can start uh, questioning their faith. And that happens. Sometimes parents have come to me and said that um, I was in Hajj and one brother came up to me and said, my 17 year old's got doubts about the existence of God. Mm-hmm. So where's he getting all these ideas? Obviously from other outlets, from school, from things that he's reading online and so on. So then he's coming to his parents and asking them questions and the parents can't answer them. So if you don't have, if you can't answer the questions then you, you seem to be on the wrong side. What would you recommend then for parents, for example, say if even 20 years ago when there was no internet around, but obviously now you're saying it's such a big impact on children. Now, what could you recommend for parents in that kind of situation? I think the first thing that, that parents need to do is educate themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always say this to people that if you want your if you want your child to be good, you need to be good, right? Yeah, because sure. there's no point sending your children to summer school after summer school, madrasa after madrasa to learn that they shouldn't lie, they should do this, they should do that, and then you teach them the exact opposite through your actions in the home. So if you're they constantly see you lying, not keeping to your word, um, that's what they pick up. They think, well, okay, if it's that important, my parents would have been doing it. So really, all the stuff I'm learning. It's good, but it's not really that important. If, mm-hmm. if it was that important to pray, my parents would be praying. If it was that important to read Quran, my parents would be reading Quran. So mm-hmm. you have to lead by example. Now, people don't like this answer because people like the, the easy way out. The easy way out is I'll pay for it. I'll send them to the best Quran teacher in the world. I'll send them to the best sheikh in the world. I'll just pay, you know, extra money for it. So mm-hmm. you can't buy. We can't buy good manners. You can't buy behavior. In fact, Imam Malik, once the the leader at the time, the Khalifa. He sent a message to Imam Malik. Imam Malik was a scholar of his time and said that I want you to come to my house and teach my kids, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do now. You get yeah. people to come to the house, right? And Imam Malik said, "Al-ilmu yuta wa yati." That that knowledge doesn't come to you. Basically, you have to come to the knowledge. So he says, "This is him saying to the king, right, of the time or the the leader of the time that no, 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 that's not how things work. Mm-hmm. You want to learn knowledge, you come to me. I'm not coming to you." You know, if you're okay. if you're if you're thirsty, if you're thirsty, you go to the well. The well doesn't come to you. Yeah. So, if people want knowledge, it's there. It's always been there. But you need to make the effort. I mean, I'm I've been teaching the I syllabus course for ten years, almost nine years in Glasgow, mm-hmm. and we've now produced a, a curriculum for eleven to fifteen year olds I syllabus for schools. Mm-hmm. So the 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 knowledge is there if you want it, and that, I'm not the only provider. There's other people providing knowledge as well. It's there, but if people can't make the time for it or it's not a priority, 
then what happens is they end up texting you about zakat masalas which you can't explain in a, over a text. So basically the zakat is going to be completely wrong. Um, their salah is going to be wrong. All these other things are going to be wrong. And then ultimately then they're, they're accountable for that. So you're saying, for example, if you don't want to be asking about syllabus for schools, like what kind of things that they would cover that, for example, you wouldn't be able to gain elsewhere? Are you asking about schools? Like, schools with, I, like with syllabus for schools? Yeah, so that the, the reason that that's different is it's, um, so what we did was we looked at, okay, what is the experience of a child at school? What do they get at school, right? They're taught audiovisual. Um, mm-hmm. They're also taught through good textbooks, colourful textbooks. You know, what, 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 the, what kind of activities do they do? So then what happens is a child is enjoying themselves at school and you take them to a madrasa, they sit in the store, they're going to look at black and white copies and just sit and wrote, learn. It's not very exciting, is it? Mm, yeah. We've all been through that experience. So how can we make that experience better for the next generation? Um, so what we did was we've modelled our books on the, the way, the way, the way uh, a school book would look, same feel, the same kind of... So we have presentations, we have worksheets, uh, mm-hmm. we have colourful book, uh, books, um, basically all the stuff that they would be familiar with at school. So they have the same experience that they, they would have at school. Mm-hmm. And then also you're you're tackling modern questions that they're going to come up against. So introducing like um, you know uh, uh, kind of civil um, duties and responsibilities that they have. So the last book, the fifth book, it covers the GCSE Islamic Studies. So it means that if people have done that in their madrasa or whatever, they can go and sit and the, the exam and get an extra qualification. So that really is there because those years, those teenage years, are very critical. If you catch people then mm-hmm. and you can um, give them the, the right information, you're setting them you're setting them up for you know a, a good ride when they come into university and so on. But if you don't, then you're basically um, doing them a disservice, to be honest. Okay. So if, for example, you went with, say, you did I syllabus for schools, what about the kind of pre-age, the kind of pre-childhood um, uh, section? What could you kind of cover in that section? Say there were you know, six, seven years old, um, prior to that kind of moment, what could you teach them to instill in them at that age? Yeah, so our, our, our curriculum's for 11 to 15 years. It doesn't cover the the early years. The early years, you're, you're kind of stuck with um, what's out there in terms of the guide and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, that, that, um, uh, that period, I mean, I, I mean, I'm of the opinion, because just because of research, mm-hmm. that we, we shouldn't really start pushing kids until seven okay. um, when it comes to reading and writing and memorization this has been proven through studies that, that for seven years they should be learning just through play i think sometimes there's too much emphasis like i get this all the time from my, my family and stuff oh you kids have inside the quran oh they have inside this oh you know the other kids like memorize the 30th Jews or whatever um but the thing is you always you don't go with what other people are doing you've got to go with what is correct and what you think is right that person has memorized the 30th Jews doesn't mean that when they get to 14, 15, they're going to be the same person they are now. Mm-hmm. So um, all, the, all the research basically says that up until seven, learning is through the play. So make it fun. You know, yeah. Tell them stories about the Prophet, tell them what happened, show them a DVD, that kind of stuff. Very kind of relaxed uh, learning. Make it enjoyable because see, your experience um, of madrasa or experience of Islamic learning, I should say, right? Mm-hmm. Your experience of Islamic learning, if in the younger years, it's linked to boring, uh, hard, uninteresting, all that kind of stuff, then that's the link you're going to make with religion. Whereas if you make it fun for them, you make it enjoyable, 
then they're always going to be they're always going to link the religion to something being positive, something happy, something good. Yeah. So make it a make it a positive experience. I think we're a bit too harsh. We expect them to like you know read salah when they're seven. You know, just gently encourage them. And sometimes they'll pray, sometimes they won't pray. You know, just get them into the the routine gently. Mm-hmm. So gently get them into it. Don't make it too overburdening for them because then they'll just put them off. Um, and teach them through things like stories. Teach them through things like DVDs. Uh, you know, other mediums. Mm-hmm. Yes, some of it should be sit down. Um, teach them, but. You know, you can teach um, a kid a lot in 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes if it's concentrated time. Okay, perfect. Jazakallah, fair shake. Um, I'm very sorry, but this is the end of our show. Um, I do appreciate you coming in uh, for such a short period of time and covering um, the topic. Jazakallah, fair shake. Thank you very much for joining us again at such, such short notice. And no. um, inshallah, we'll speak to you soon. Inshallah. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.